श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय श्री श्री राधा कनाय लाल की जाय कृष्ण रोज टेम्पो की जाय और भक्त वृंद की जाय और प्रेम आनंदे So it's nice to uh, be here. Very gracious of you to host me in what sometimes referred to as my temple, erroneously, <laughs> by some perhaps formalities and the spirit of things sometimes appear different. <clears throat> But it's nice to be here, and um, on auspicious occasion, I'll be inviting. Um, some uh, wayward souls to uh, uh, make their way uh, into the embrace of the Gaudiya Sampradaya. Sampradaya is a great uh, Sampradaya, an, an arrangement for forgiving. Hmm? And so there's the gift and there's the giver. Hmm? And today, we'll be giving the blessing for chanting Hari Nam, Hari Nam, Krishna Nam, hmm, same. And uh, approaching this uh, this type of uh, knowledge, I want to say this is a type of knowledge. Love is the Really, the end of knowledge in the Gita, we learn this. Raja Vijim, Raja Guhyam. The ninth chapter begins with this statement, the words of Sri Krishna himself. Let me tell you, he says, about the king of knowledge, Raja Vijim. And he concludes the chapter with a very. Um, Very feeling, feelingly, and he says, "Manmanabhavamadbhaktovamadyajimamamaskuru." So these two things should be put together, the beginning and the end. In any treatise, if we are to understand it, uh, that we should read the introduction, read the conclusion. There should be some correspondence there. Hmm? There should be a theme, of course, that runs throughout as well. So. The beginning and the end, they, they they come together, and so the end, the 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 end or the king, if you will, of knowledge is manmanabhavamadbhakti. It's to love and love me. Loving me means to have Krishna means me. It means to have a wise kind of love, wherein the object of our love is is well reasoned. Hmm? Um, two things. We have to have a well-reasoned object of love. That means one that is capable of the type of reciprocation that uh, love involves. I said the other night that we say that we want to love, but really, for the most part, we want to be loved. Hmm. This is the whole problem. <laughs> Because as much as we want to be loved, then we are on the take and love is about giving. Of course, the mystery of it all is life does not proceed logically as many people would like to think and thereby go against the grain of what is our everyday 
experience, our everyday experience, among other things, perhaps central to that, is that that and it's mysterious that by giving you 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 gain. It wouldn't doesn't play out mathematically too well, but it's our experience. The more that we give, the more that we gain something that's not such that I can hold it up and show it to you. I got this. But we appear that way to others, to be bigger, more whole. So by giving, we grow, we expand, we gain. We get, in other words, we say in common English parlance, to give is to receive. So to get that full experience, we have to have two things in place. One thing, we have to have an object to whom, to which we can give that is capable of delivering the kind of receiving that that, that giving is said to afford. Hmm? You follow me? Secondly, we have to give in a way that is that doesn't attach any getting to it. Hmm? As we've been saying, we have to give without any expectation of return, so to speak. Hmm? So two sides of the equation. And um, and and this, in a sense, what constitutes wise love and what, what makes love synonymous with the highest knowledge. Krishna says, man, man mana so become devoted to me. He say to Arjun, his friend, love me, love me. And he, in saying that, if we unpack that, we see there's, there's good reason for that. Hmm. He is the center, the source. This is the very meaning of the word Krishna, if you study it etymologically. Hmm? Um, and like the root of a tree, hmm? if you pour water there, all the branches will be nourished. Like the stomach in the body, if you feed it, the food will be distributed mystically to every other part in a way that no other part can do. So this is the position of the center. The center holds the circumference. Take out the center, and the circumference, the circle, collapses. Hmm? So, this is what we mean by Krishna, in a sense, in a very kind of general way. The center, in a more specific way, the perfect object of love. Hmm? Love is such, though, of course, that even if we give off-center, there will be some gain. We can learn (laughs) that didn't work. Uh, it, we shouldn't give up on loving. Hmm? Um, if, that is, if this is, if we've understood this principle, that life moves progressively hmm, by sacrifice. Hmm? This is again, this is ant, kind of ant, um, counterintuitive, hmm? because the world teaches us, as I said the other night, that you don't just open your mouth and food walks in. It doesn't work like that. There's jiva jivasya. In fact, if you don't look out, you might end up in somebody else's mouth. Mm. So one living being is food for another. So we are in a land of hunters and hunted. Mm. We're hunting, and, and if we look back, we're being hunted. This is the drive. Why we're hunting is because we're being hunted. Mm. And we're driving that. It's not like the world is against us, but we're moving against the current. Hmm? 
in an effort, to, in, 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 in an off-centered uh, kind of life wherein we see ourselves as the center, whether we do it um, consciously or unconsciously. This is more or less how we move. We see, we're predisposed for a long, long time now to see the world and objects of senses. They speak to us as if to say, enjoy me, taste me, hear me, see me. Hmm? And so we, we are living as if things are orbiting around us. I mean, we can say that we don't, and to some extent we may not, and so forth, but this is at the core, so to speak, of our material existence. It's an off-center type of existence, so therefore it's problematic. Hmm? There is a system. It's a great welfare system. It's a huge, it's a, it's a really beautiful um, merger of socialism and capitalism. Hmm? The best part of each is, is there in the actual uh, system, if you will wax political for a moment. Uh, in other words, the aspiration of the capitalist, the aspiration of the, there's nobility in each hmm? and there's and, and socialism and there's problems with each. Hmm? And the problem is there the, the problems come because they're off center. Hmm? But there is, um, the, I mean to say the, the world, the environment is actually friendly. Mm. By nature, it's friendly. Mm. In the Gita, Krishna says, Prabhupada called it the peace formula. It's the end of the fifth chapter. Oktaram jagatapasam sarvaloka maheshwaram. Krishna says, I am the enjoyer of everything. Oktaram mm. jagatapasam sarvaloka maheshwaram. Everything belongs to me. That sounds a little bit... Um, well, intimidating. <laughs> Everything is meant for his enjoyment. Hmm? Nothing for more. How much for me? Nothing. What does any, everything belongs to him. How much for me? Nothing. Hmm? This is a little hard to pill to swallow for our present way of, of thinking. But we have to keep listening. Hmm? In the third line he says, Suridam Sarva Bhutanam. Hmm? Basically, he says, everything is owned and controlled by me. Everything belongs to me. I am the enjoyer of everything. Nothing belongs to you. You are not meant to enjoy anything. Hmm? But if you accept this principle, then uh, I'm your friend. Then, you, then we are on friendly terms. That just happens to be my position. Says, I can't do anything about that. Hmm? <laughs> there is a center. You understand? There, a fellow asked some time back, one of my students, that, um, well, he challenged him. He said that uh, in, in uh, uh, our religion, he said, um, God is a personified uh, sacrifice. Hmm? And he was speaking of the, the Christ sacrifice, the great sacrifice. His whole life was a sacrifice. And your God is a playboy. He's like <laughs> the opposite. The, whole, the opposite of uh, two, two polar opposites, two extremes. Hmm? And so he reasoned, therefore, obviously we have the real religion and yours is false. Hmm? 
So I was asked how, how to respond to such a thing. I said, I, said it's the, I said that in order for there to be a sacrificer, a giver, hmm, there has to be some taker. You cannot have one without the other. Hmm. If one person is personifying the giving hmm, and sacrificing, who is on, who's on the other end hmm, in order that that might be called a sacrifice? Hmm. If there's something wrong with that person, there would be, could be no sacrifice without such a person hmm? who's worthy of giving everything to or giving up all sense that, that anything is mine. Hmm? Because as time tells us that, um, well, what does he say? Time and tide waits for no man or woman. Hmm? Right? Hmm? So, that is a fact. We cannot get away from it. These are just common sense, simple truths that we all acknowledge. And we're not talking about anything particularly esoteric here. Um, so nothing belongs to us, but we have a sense that something should. Even when I quoted the Gita, everybody said, yeah, that's funny. It doesn't sound... It's, we're gonna love it. <laughs> Let's make light of it. It's pretty heavy. <laughs> nothing belongs to us. Um, a little intimidating, but if we acknowledge this, the fact, the fact is that we are dependent entities. That is also fairly obvious. Hmm? And so if we can acknowledge that a dependent entity is not a bad thing, it means that you're dependent on something, someone. Hmm? However wonderful you may think you are, and you are all very wonderful, uh, all of us, um, uh, we're nonetheless a dependent entity. So what we're dependent upon, or if we think of ourselves as persons, and our source uh, should be similar, at least what is in the effect is in the cause. So our that whom, we should say, that we are dependent upon must be very wonderful as well, if not many, many times uh, over and lovable, if you will. So there must be a perfect object of love. This is what is meant by the word Krishna. And he says, This is the end of knowledge. This is the king of knowledge, to love me. In love there's a kind of knowing that is complete and it's, it's, it's austere at the same time in a sense it has no, and that's, I mean that in a positive sense, it has no extra kind of baggage to it. We tend in this world to collect knowledge um, for enhancing our position in the world in an effort not to be dependent, not to acknowledge that we're dependent, but to fight against the facts that we are. This is futile. Whether it be by, by gathering by acquiring things hmm, or by acquiring um, knowledge, ordinary and even some special types of knowledge, hmm, we will not change our position as a, as a dependent entity. Hmm. And again, it's not a bad thing to be dependent. It starts to become very beautiful. Hmm. As much as you think yourself is beautiful, and you are, then that whom you're dependent upon must be so, as I say, many times over. So, 
was not a bad thing. And he says, therefore, that I own everything, I control everything, everything's meant for my enjoyment. Conversely, nothing is meant for your enjoyment, you don't own anything. But if you accept this fact, it's just a fact, I can't do anything about it, he's saying. If you accept it, rather than fight against it, suridam sarvabhutanam, then uh, you're my friend. So to be the friend of the one who owns everything, knows everything, who enjoy, is the enjoyer of everything, this is the best position you could be in. Hmm? Rather than trying to be that. I mean, you might think I'm not a dependent entity, but can I be that entity that everyone else is dependent upon? Is everyone not an independent entity? Or, excuse me, not a dependent entity? Then we have a problem. <laughs> there are so many independent entities. Hmm? Will there be harmony in that? Hmm? Shall we do away with the fact that we are entities in pursuit of the same harmony that we are and, and, and really love that we're after? These are not good strategies. Hmm? To acknowledge our dependence, this, this means there's a possibility for loving. Hmm? There has to be another. The other has to be competent. Hmm? And has to be competent enough to accept the love of everyone. And this is the challenge of Krishna. He says, Jejatamam Prabhupadyante. He kind of states his position in another way. Jejatamam Prabhupadyante Tamsataiva Bhajamiham. As people approach me, I have the capacity to to reciprocate in kind. He's Akilarasamrita Murti. The very form of, of, of rasa. Rasa means... Hmm, it means uh, feeling, aesthetic rapture. It means it means like the the juice that sometimes we want some juice. You know, we want people just to say something nice about us because we, we we something like that. <laughs> uh, so the, the flavor hmm? it means rasa means flavor, flavor of life. Hmm? Brahman rasovaisa, Brahman is rasa. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Brahmana's rasa means that Brahman or God, the Great One, is two. Mm-hmm. Because rasa is, is implies tasting. It means tasting. So for tasting, there has to be something to taste. Mm-hmm. Now, can we be that that everyone can taste to their satisfaction? Even if we want to say, "I'm not a dependent entity. I make my own way." Hmm? Can you be such that you satisfy everyone? Hmm? Hmm. And if everyone is a little independent, then we ha- again we have a problem. Hmm? Hmm. So to be a dependent entity, this is this is not a bad thing, and it's a fact. Hmm? And Krishna wants to point that out in the Gita, and he says this is the end of knowledge. This is the king of knowledge. Now, how you get that knowledge? Of course, the Gita is speaking it, so you can say, well, I'll read the Gita. Hmm? The Gita tells that we should read the Gita, for example, the, the, the sacred text, the, the entirety, if you will, or I'm representing by the word Gita. Gita means song, it refers to the Bhagavad Gita, but in the, in the East, there is a, from the East we have a, the most voluminous body of, of, of revelation. Hmm? And repeatedly throughout there, if we move from the Gita to the Upanishads, so the Gita itself is sometimes referred to as Gita Upanishad. 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 Upanishad means, literally means, sit close. 
sit close. What does that mean? Hmm? It doesn't sound bad. Come, sit, there's affection there. Hmm? It's uh, from the Veda, the Veda speaks like a, like a father or like a king, sometimes it's said. It's a good one. Hmm? The father just says, don't ask, just do it. Hmm? Now, hopefully, he's right about that. <laughs> Talking about a perfect father, so I know we got all a lot of psychological problems. For <laughs> we hope we don't foster them on our offspring. We hope we learn from from our past. But uh, the the father said, "No, father knows best." There was a show like that when I was a kid. But the more common saying, of course, is the mother knows best, and and mother means Veda. Veda Mata, Mater, hmm? in the Latin. Hmm? Um, so, there's a father and a mother figure here that represent the revelation, the Upanishad. So, somebody's saying, sit close. And, and it's saying, sit close. Hmm? Come, sit close. But there's affection behind that. Therefore, close. Don't just sit there. Sit close. And that I might, the implication is that I might, something might be shared with you that if you keep a distance, hmm, I cannot share it. Hmm. Come close. You see, it's a loving idea. Come close. I want to tell you something. And it's not something that everybody's interested in. Hmm. Hmm. But I'm going to share it with you, the secret. Hmm. Most people are not interested in God. Hmm. Uh, and amongst those that are, then mostly for being loved rather than for loving. Hmm? That's not very appealing to God, to the center, if you will. Hmm? Um, if we, and if we think that being loved amounts to getting things, having more things. We, we want to love God so we might get some security. That we, we can defend ourselves. We'll have a kingdom and we'll be safe. We, have, we want him as a protector, as a dog at the door to bark if anyone comes and take care of us and maintain us. And this is, a, this is, a, this is a, certainly an aspect of God as a maintainer, but it's not a very entertaining role the, you know, for him to play. Hmm? When, um, what, uh, when, when our approach to the God uh, involves, is, is about acquiring things when we ourselves are not a thing. It's like we could have approached for, for lack of a better word, something better hmm? than things. Hmm? The best things in life, as they say, are not things. And we are not a thing. We are something, something <laughs> that we can't, we can't talk about. Say we can't articulate. We cannot define because there's nothing. That we don't. We are not comparable to any thing, any object, because we're not an object. Hmm? We're something subjective, hmm? different from the objective world that we are now mixed up with, and that we think by acquiring a piece of. Our position will be secure, and if we could get help in that, wet, in that in that connection, maybe we'll be more successful. So we pray to God for that. So this kind of approach is uh, that's at a distance. 
keep God at a distance and probably would say and, and, and make him an order supplier. Send in an order and you know, send in an order, pay the pay the give the mantra and he, he will supply. This is the kind of very basic idea of love presented in the sacred text of India and it's in all the religious traditions. Hmm? This idea. Hmm? I gave the example the other day, it's worth repeating. When we were young, some of us in here, um, friends of mine from a long, long time, I love you all. <laughs> so many fond memories of our struggles and sacrifices and our triumphs and so forth. But I refer to a time when we first uh, began going to India by Prabhupada's grace and to the holy city of Vrindavan. Hmm? And uh, at that time, Prabhupada had some land that he had acquired by way of donation that was um, way out in nowhere, hmm? out in the forest. And nobody went there. Now it's a major metropolis. That, that's not a good thing, but uh, at, at any rate, we would go into town, hmm? into Vrindavan proper, the town, but only for one reason, and that was to shop for Krishna. That's a very user-friendly type of a spiritual uh, discipline. Hmm. And we would shop till we dropped, hmm, basically. Uh, and it was hot, too. <laughs> but we'd try to make our way in the market. And, we, you know, we, we would be buying drums for kirtan and cymbals, cartels, and, and uh, the presidents of the various temples in America and Europe and whatnot, in South America, the Americas, I should say. And uh, we, We'd have saved up all year long and they would come and if you had some competitive spirit who would give more thousands of dollars to buy things for their, to, to just throw away, so to speak, and put them on the altar. Hmm? That's like, just like, it's like burning money. Hmm? You, from the material perspective, you take all this money and you put it on a statue. What's that? Hmm? It could have such a better use. Hmm? No, it would be... It, it would be <laughs> Your idea of better use, it would be better to burn money than that. Hmm? Yeah. So the whole problem, we think that money has, has purchasing power of something of value. So we're, the deity worship is teaching us, in a beautiful way, to throw away your money. If we were in the Gyanmar, we would just burn it. Hmm? I mean, I'm, really. Hmm? That would be a powerful lesson, lesson if I said everybody has to give 10% a month, which is a good idea, incidentally, to help us flourish in our mission, because I don't have a job, um, or an education, so I couldn't really get one if I if I wanted. And I'm retired as of this year <laughs> from not having a job, so <laughs> I'm, I'm a dependent entity. To be, to be honest with you, so, but <laughs> if we were in the Ganmarg, the, the, the school of of knowledge where where it's thought that that knowledge trumps love that love is only an appearance hmm? it's not a real thing there is no other hmm? we're all only one and we should be quiet and be peaceful stop talking and stop trying to make uh, one into two hmm? and of course this is a reaction to the ignorance of our present movement in the name of love, which is off-centered, as I said, number one, and which, two is, is is self-motivated rather than being unmotivated. 
So it is wise to conclude that's not love, but it's not wise to conclude conclude that there is no love. Hmm? There is no other who is significant, again, who, uh, who, who is the shelter hmm, up, upon whom we're dependent. Hmm? So it's a kind of a school of knowledge, but I'm also saying love is the end of knowledge. I'm saying bhakti is really the school of knowledge, but there's a school separate from that. And in that school, if you give your 10%, any, if the guru is true to his teaching, then he should burn the money. Hmm? And that would be a good teaching. Everybody, every month, every month, you come give your 10%, and we have a bonfire. <laughs> Strange wisdom. This is crazy wisdom, so to speak. But in bhakti, we do it in a different way. Same principle, hmm? but more. Hmm? To stop from taking is not the full face of giving, but it's part of it. Right? If you're going to give, you can't be taking at the same time. So if I'm to stop taking, I've got half of the equation of giving, but there's more to not to giving than not taking. That's the negative side. I'm a taker. I'm a thief, so to speak. We are all trying to take for our sense to to maintain our sense of self and pursue the the, the prospect. Hmm? The material nature seems to lay before us that you're not a dependent entity. You could be the king. Hmm. all the sights and sounds and smells are inviting in that way hmm. they're inviting because of the way we're looking at them hmm. then we translate them we mistranslate something lost in translation I think it's a good movie or going once around uh, I didn't see it but <laughs> but might be worth seeing so, so some, okay thank you for that advice Lost in translation. So we, we're reading the environment wrong. Hmm? Again, that's why we feel it's, we have to struggle. Hmm? You do just op- have to open your mouth and, and food will come in, but it doesn't seem like the world works like that. And then our mistranslation seems like the environment is saying, enjoy me, enjoy me. Hmm? Something like this. So we're out taking, we're picking the fruits. Hmm? So we, as taking is not giving. Hmm? Huh? Making ourselves the center. So to stop taking, that's important. But giving involves more than just not taking. So full face of giving, love, hmm, includes within it not taking, but something positive. Giving hmm, and giving to one who worthy of worthy of taking, hmm, by which he, she, they, the two of them, Radha and Govinda can reciprocate to everyone. Hmm? So, we take the money hmm? and we throw it on the altar. That's like a fire. Hmm? It's, a, it's the altar of sacrifice. Yeah? There we've enthroned the, the enjoyer, as I said, that there's to be sacrifice. There has to be that to whom the sacrifice is offered. Hmm? So that person sits on the altar and we prostrate ourselves before the altar. We throw ourselves at the altar and we are our money and our time, so to speak. We certainly act like that. And if it's a financial issue, it gets uh, first attention. Hmm? That's uh, Everything can stop for that. <laughs> so 
we take the money and we just throw it into the, onto the altar. That's what we do. And people think, you could have been building hospitals. You could have been greening the world and, uh, and so forth, which are good things, important things. Hmm? But they follow, really, hmm? as a byproduct of the full face of giving. In the full face of giving, any lesser conception of giving will be included. Again, and if we water the root of the tree, well, then all the fruits and flowers will be benefited. If we go to water one leaf or another leaf, that is not a good idea. Hmm? Hmm? So, in Vaishnava, some of the idea is that there, there is something called love, hmm? and there is a real perfect object of love. Hmm? And the secret is that life moves progressively by giving, hmm? And the secret is who's the center, and then how how to give. So Upanishad, come sit, and let me tell you a secret. Hmm? And this is not for everyone, because most people, as I say, they want to take, they want God's help, if at all, hmm? for getting. Hmm? And so, as I say, we say a mantra and send it in and wait for something to come in, in the mail. Hmm? And uh, I was saying that an example of this lower idea of religion, that is the common idea of religion, uh, I was giving an example. When we were young, we went to Vrindavan and we shopped till we dropped and threw everything on the altar. Hmm? Meanwhile, the shopholders, they were like getting some residual kind of uh, benefit from this, materially speaking, and spiritually speaking as well. But their interest was not to throw all their money on the altar, as Prabhupada had taught us to do, and, and as he exe exemplified, as he did himself. Hmm? He came to the country as a beggar, as you know, and he begged people to chant Hare Krishna. Huh? He didn't even beg. Some people say, if he was a real devotee, he would have done Madhukari in Vrindavan. Hmm? And there are such people. Madhukari means Madhukari. Madhu means honey. Kari means maker. means the bee. Bee makes honey. How does the bee make honey? Goes to a different flower, another stay a little one flower at a little time, takes a little flower, another flower, takes some like this. So there's a there's a lifestyle hmm, where the sadhu, the ascetic, will go just door to door and and beg for his or her meal and whatever's given, uh, then that's taken and that's the meal for the day. It's it, you don't get fat on that diet. Uh, uh, so, and it seems rather austere to think about. But Prabhupada didn't do that. He instead came to America and with nothing and as a beggar, and he didn't beg any food. He begged people to chant Hare Krishna only. He opened his mouth and food came in. You see? That's what he did. He opened his mouth and out came Hare Krishna and food came in. Isn't it? Hmm? And we are his children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and so forth. Huh? And providing, hmm? and, 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 and this is what he's living on, temple books, and so on and so forth. Chatuvidhasri Bhagavat Prasadu Swadamatriptam Haribhakta Sangham. He took pleasure in seeing other people eat. Hmm? This, is, this is the idea of Guru. He took pleasure in seeing other people eat in honor, I should say. Hari Prasad. Hmm? Another 
user-friendly example of this type of yoga. But when we were in the market, this is my point, among others, uh, when we were in the market, hmm, then there was, you know, the shopkeepers would see, would want, there was some competition. You know, they want, come to my shop, you know, come to my shop. And then after a short time, maybe like a couple years, there started to appear in the shops pictures of Prabhupada. Hmm. And we would think, oh, he likes Prabhupada. We'll shop there. <laughs> see? This is love of Prabhupada. <laughs> it's not a bad thing, but it's not the full face of love. Right? So, so this is the general idea of religion. Right? I love God because if I do, then then something's going to come my way. My desires will be filled, and i got a lot of desires. So I'll put up a big picture. <laughs> I'll even make a temple. and I'll even wear the suit, you know, if need be. You know. This is uh, what's called Varnashram. This is the kind of love of God that you find there. Not much. Hmm? Not much. It's keeping God at, at a distance. So the Upanishads hmm, that I'm talking about, which means come sit near, that's for a different caliber of person. Hmm? That's for a person who is who is is frustrated with things, hmm? with acquiring them, either having acquired enough and they and they realize they don't satisfy, hmm? or not being able to get any anyway. They do it for that reason too sometimes. Hmm? That's a little more suspicious because it might come even through bhakti, and then they are out the door. <laughs> but anyway, to be a kinchanagocharam, a little bit materially exhausted, to have seen that I've tried and I've tried, and I've been lured by the carrot, by the appetizer of material life, and all I've gotten for all of my effort is indigestion. Hmm? <laughs> There's no square meal to be had. Hmm? Hmm? Maybe I'm reading the menu wrong. Here. Hmm? How wrong? Maybe I should be on the menu. Maybe I should be eaten rather than eating. Hmm? This thought kind of like that kind of comes. I've got to change my life radically. It's really, really not working. Hmm? Hmm? person starts to think like this, they think, I could tell you something, the Upanishad said, we have something for you. Hmm? The greater part of all these sacred texts, this huge body of, of revelation, is all for the general people, and try to get them on board in some way, hmm? that if you want things, get them in this way. Color your human life with a little bit of, in all of its, all the aspects of it, with God. Hmm? If you want to speak and speak nicely, worship the wind. Hmm? It's, it's a breath. If you want health, worship the sun. Hmm? These are prominent manifestations of nature, and they. And, and so the advocacy is here. You're a dependent entity. Again, as, as I said earlier, trying to drill that in your head. You want things, okay, we'll give you things, but do it like this. Admit that you're dependent, say these sounds, and get things. Make these kind of sacrifice some of your things, and you get more things. Hmm? So this is the general idea. But if you go through, if you graduate from this course, if you just get tired of things, hmm, 
and you get so radical as to think, maybe I'm not a thing. I don't fit here. I don't seem to f- I feel I don't quite fit. Is there something wrong with me? Whatever happened to that boy, Avatar? Remember him? We had a... We had a He had a moment, an epiphany. I don't fit. His father had an epiphany years earlier, and so he understood what it was because he went to some ashram. So his mother said, We should take him to the hospital. Father said, We should take him to an ashram. (laughs) He's having like ashram itis or something like that, you know, an existential crisis. And then what did he, he he found our number in Saragrahi, he called, and we were having a festival. So this Bharti Ras said, come on over. So he stayed for three days, and that will help him hmm, in the future. Hmm. So when, when this becomes, I mean, human life itself is an existential crisis. It, it's, it is a big question. Why? As I often say, the how questions, these are questions for less complex forms of life. If you get a more complex form of life, the questions become more complex. Hmm? And why is way more complex than how. Why am I? Uh, Why am I? Why value questions? Hmm? The reason these questions arise in human life is because that which is valuable, the subjective consciousness, is coming to the fore. Hmm? In less complex forms of life, matter the objective side is more prominent, takes precedent. Its demands are such there isn't time to question why. Hmm? Human life, we can have some leisure time. Hmm? We can we we can we can be somewhat successful in the struggle for existence. It appears I'm getting ahead. I'm getting somewhere with this. Hmm? I've got some food stored. Hmm? In fact, I own now instead of renting. Hmm? I'm getting somewhere. Hmm? So there's an illusion like this, but but at the same time, there's some free time that comes in human life. Hmm? And the time, free time, so it, 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 you, you have time to ask why. Hmm? Is there any meaning? What I mean by this, of course, is that the self, the meaning is derived from consciousness, not from matter. Matter, matter only matters if it matters to us. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Hmm? It has no meaning in itself. We posit matter, we animate the world, and then we get lost in the, in the show, so to speak, hmm? and think that by acquiring and being matter-like, our lives would be better. This is our mistaken conception. But we have some time hmm? in human life, some freedom. We have the chance to do things voluntarily. If we... If we, if we, if we call some, if we have a couple of dogs, as I said before, we call them for dinner. You know, they're not going to say, "You first, Fido." No. <laughs> you want to finish this off? Go ahead. You know, I can see you want it. Go ahead, take it. You know, that's not going to happen. That doesn't make them bad. It makes us bad, though. Hmm? If we don't do those things and understand the implications of what our human life is affording us the opportunity to do something voluntarily, to give, hmm? to love. We are not special as much as because we have intelligence, as it's often said, but because we have the capacity to love, to give. Hmm? And to give 
ultimately to give wisely and comprehensively. Hmm? Hmm? So, when we become a little frustrated with material life and we feel a little out of place, we can think so radically as, as I said, rather than what's on the menu, maybe I should be on the menu. Hmm? Maybe I should be eaten rather than eat. Hmm? How weird, and people go, he's having a crisis, <laughs> having a problem. <laughs> Uh, and so, you, you, when you have that problem, then you have to find out people who have a similar problem, obviously. Hmm? I've given an example before of the UFOs. You know, if you see a UFO in your backyard, you immediately want to go and tell your friends. By the time they get there, of course, there's no UFO. Hmm? So it's a, it's a bigger problem now. But, <laughs> but you know, you've seen and, and you realize there's no, I can't convince them. It's impossible, but I've seen it. So then you have to go find other people who have seen. You have to live with them. Try to figure out what was it that we saw. I want to go with them. I want to be unidentified. I tried to make an identity for myself here, and it's not working. The only value in finding a self, materially speaking, as Lola Samaya and I were talking, hmm? is that we is that we may is that we may uh, just deconstruct hmm? our self. There's two senses of self here I speak of. We have a, a metaphysical self um, that is a product of our identification with matter. Hmm? We call it a, a false ego, a hunkar. means. Aham means I, Kara means maker, Aham maker. It's a made-up I. It's a made-up Aham. You see, that which is made up, that will dissolve. Hmm? That which is, exists will always exist. That which does not exist will never exist. Something that it appears to exist and then doesn't exist, we categorize that as non-existent. It's Asat. Hmm? It's asat, an appearance of existence. Existence here means enduring. Hmm? Asat, it was here today, but it's gone. Where'd it go? Hmm? It was never really there. It was only an appearance of such. Hmm? So our identity as an American, as an Indian, as a as a as a as a as a man, as a woman, as a boy, as a girl, as as being mature for my age, and so forth. They're all it's all a hunkar. Hmm? This is made up. This is made up. Hmm? Within that made-up identity, that made-up ego, it has a psychological ego. Hmm? You understand? <laughs> you have to make that psychological ego healthy hmm? in order to dis- dissect the metaphysical ego. Hmm? And doing that in the context of bhakti... Hmm? you can find another metaphysical ego that's not mixed up with matter. You are purely subjective, hmm? consciousness, experiential. Hmm? You have no connection with the non-experiential, no direct contact with it. Hmm? So you have an identity, potential, hmm? personhood, if you will, hmm? in connection with the subjective world. We have uh, uh, so we need the bhakti kind of 
interface, if you will, to have that um, experience. So, when we start to feel that my, my, my eye, the eye that is made up, it's just made up, it's a made up thing. Hmm? I like this. I don't like that. Hmm? I want this. I don't want that. And my uh, my my is what? My I. Hmm? All these desires. This is mine. Hmm? And therefore, I am this. You see? My sense of my defines my sense of I. What's the problem with that, Jason? What's the problem with that? If my I is defen- defined by my sense of my, what's the problem with that logic? Hmm? The pro- I don't mean to put you, embarrass you, <laughs> but I thought you might know the answer. It's independent. The, the problem is, there's nothing is mine. So what is the I that will come out of that? Not, nothing is mine. I mean, you can't keep it. If you endure, but the things that you think are yours are taken away, then... So if your I is formed on the basis of a my that's, that's, that's erroneous, how erroneous is the I? Hmm? As false as the, that I is, as your sense of mine. Hmm? I and mine. The, both things are given in bhakti. The I is given and the mind is given. Hmm? Both things. These are the, these two make up the, the, this made up self. Hmm? So we can deconstruct it, you know, philosophically by thinking about it, talking about it, by good tongue, by good association. Hmm? And then, but then we need to go there. We have to take the theory, the theory, which appeals to our our psychology and our intelligence. If we are a little bit exasperated and feeling uncomfortable with my eye, it's not quite working. Hmm? and we have some existential crisis, then there'll be a teachable moment. Hmm? Then the Upanishad say, now come, sit close. Let me tell you something. Then this kind of advice will be given. Hmm? And and uh, sit close that I can tell you a secret. Most people aren't prepared for this. They want things. They're still trying to make an eye and go for it and be uh, independent and... Uh, and get ahead and beat the system and, and so forth. Huh? Very short-sighted, blind, blind to the blind to what what is being told to them every single day in the most prominent way that could be possible. They could be possibly told. Hmm? In poetry, the Bhagavatam tells it. This is the vision of the sages. Don't think that a poetic description of the world. Is somehow a less accurate description of the nature of the, of the objective world. We'll think, oh, that was a poetic, mythological explanation. We don't need that anymore. We have a scientific explanation now. Hmm? The poetic explanation I'm referring to here is very beautiful. He said, with the sun, as the sun rises and sets, Hmm? Not for everyone, not for only one, but for everyone. Hmm? Everyone's ayurharati is being taken away. With the rising and the setting of the sun, your life is being taken away. How beautiful. Wait a minute, that doesn't sound too pretty. But there's a profound beauty. Hmm? 
What could speak louder than the sun? If it didn't show up today, what would, then what? Would that be news? <laughs> yeah. Could you read the paper? I mean, we have computers, but they come from the sun too. Hmm? Electricity. So, fire, fire element. So, this is very prominent. So, this, this is a, so you say, well, Swami, you know, it's not like that. People used to think that the sun, you know, rose and set, but what's really happening is the earth is moving around. So your analogy is not very good. And we say, no, you don't get it. You're dying. <laughs> That's what it's saying. You're dying. Your whole sense of I, hmm? however well fortified you, you, you think it is, it's a failed prospect. It's a failed venture. Hmm? It's, you, you, you're, you have a sentence and a cell, hmm? and you're on death row. That's what we're saying to you. Hmm? As much as the Rajagun is prominent in our life, we think we can make it. Hmm? In Tamagun, we give up. Hmm? And we give up. Anyway, whatever. Hmm? And carry on in bliss. <laughs> in ignorance. Ignorance of bliss. In Satvagun, a little Satvagun, enough Satvagun in your life, you realize... I remember this as a young young boy, a young, young person, I thought, young man, I thought... I would sit and think, what will I do with my life? Hmm? Again, I had no education. I was living in San Francisco at the time, early, late 60s, and I thought, what will I do with my life? And, and, uh, and everything I thought, I, I followed it out, and I thought, but it ends, but it ends. But it's, it, 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 well, I needed something that, that endured. So this is, a, this is a, 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 the ingress of sattva in our lives, this influence of nature. Hmm? It's, is such that we cannot be content living in a world that doesn't endure. It, 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 it's disappointing. I have a younger brother and he came to find me. You know, I had disappeared into Prabhupada's embrace from the world my, for six years. My family didn't know her. I don't recommend this, but where I was and so forth. And, and so my younger brother heard something. They used to talk about me at the airports when my father would go through and he'd, we know your son. Later I thought, I found out, he said, well, at least, you know, he was good in his field, you know, <laughs> whatever that field was. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> at any rate, my brother came into a temple and they said, oh, you're you know, his brother. And so they began to speak to him hmm, about these kind of things. And then at the end he told them, they said, what do you think about this? They said, it was as if I had painted a picture of my life in watercolors and you've thrown water on the canvas. Hmm? Everything has dissolved. Hmm? It no longer has any, any charm or meaning, hmm? the way you're speaking. Hmm? Hmm? That's not a bad thing. You've shown me that what I thought had meaning had no meaning. No meaning. Therefore, that vijnanartam sa guru me chet. When we get... What do we get from the guru, who's a spokesperson of the Upanishad? Hmm? The Veda Mata, the mother. Hmm? There's a father there, hmm? the guru figure. Tad vigyanartam saguru mevapikachet samatpani shrotriyam brahmanishtam tasmat guru papadjeta chignasu she uttamam she uttam tad vigyanartam these words are very nice. Tat vigyanartam. That. Tat. That. Hmm? 
That means that, that. That's what it means. It's beyond words. It's that. It's not this, and it's not that. It's that. This is an esoteric way of speaking about saying it's ineffable. It's beyond language, beyond thought. Who wants that? You're caught in language, in thought, in the world of your mind. Then you talk to maintain it. When I was young again and pursuing, beginning to pursue the spiritual life, I thought, everyone is talking just to hear themselves talk. That's what we do. We just talk to make it. And I said, I really don't have anything worth saying, so I might as well not make it. Then I read on the back of the pack of incense, chant this mantra and your life will be sublime. So I would just, I stopped talking. I took a vow to stop talking. And I just chanted this mantra in my mind until it came to you know, bear the fruit of good, good association. Hmm? So, that which is beyond speech, speech trying to go there returns. Thought trying to go there returns. Hmm? Still, it's not that we can say nothing about it. We cannot say enough about it. Hmm? That is the idea. Hmm? If the if the conclusion of the Upanishads was that you cannot say anything about it, that would be a suicidal statement on their part. They are sounds. Hmm? Trying to speak about that which is beyond speech. You should try to verbalize it, try to think about it. Hmm? Then you'll realize the limits of speech, to realize the limits of reasoning. Hmm? That is a huge accomplishment. Hmm? That these are failed failures. They're, 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 they're fallible, these instruments. Hmm? They, cannot, they have no purchasing power for in, in, in a land beyond death. Hmm? So, tad artam. If you want that bhijyan artam, this is a kind of knowledge. Hmm? We are used we are used to acquiring knowledge for our purpose, our mentally conceived purpose. Hmm? Even those who say life has no purpose, they're making a purpose to purposely <laughs> making an effort to inform us that, that life has no purpose. They're purpose driven. Hmm? Consciousness has meaning and purpose. It's 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 driven. It's coming to the fore in human life. Hmm? It's asking about itself, pursuing itself. Hmm? And we acquire knowledge, confused about our purpose, hmm? wedded to the mind. Our intellect becomes wedded to the mind and the senses and becomes a becomes a, an accomplice. Hmm? This is so pathetic. Our, our our intelligence becomes an accomplice. In the, in, the, in the thievery of, of the mind and senses, their, their, their acts of taking and exploitation, hmm? seeing the world for purposes other than its own, for my mentally conceived purpose. My intelligence becomes an accomplice, assists. This is so unbecoming. Hmm? With intelligence, we should rule over the mind and senses. Hmm? And then we should learn not to be ruled by intelligence, to be a plaything in the hands of your intelligence. This is a very sorrowful condition. Hmm? Very sorrowful. Pujipachita Marsh used to tell me, whenever I meet intelligent persons, I have to drive this point home. Gyanjunya Bhakti, Gyanjunya Bhakti. By intelligence, you will never know. Try to go there by intelligence alone, you will be repelled. Hmm? God will disappear. You will not appear in the court of intelligence. No. Because he's beyond that. And so are you. 
Soul will disappear, will not appear for court. <laughs> if, 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 in the court of intelligence, the jury, I'm not showing up. You know, it's beneath me. Even the Atma, what to speak of the Paramatma, they are self-luminous. What can shed light on that which is self-luminous? <laughs> so, that began atom, so guru me chet. With some necessity, some teachable, you know, uh, an enduring teachable moment arising in me for making, attaining comprehensive knowledge. Shreya uttamam. Tasmat guru papadyeda. Jignasu shreya uttamam. Jignasu means inquire. I'm not inquiring casually now. I'm not asking a question for, for, for titillating my intellect because I need to know. I need to change. And I know I need to change. And I need some help. And I, this is what we call submissive inquiry. In this kind of soil, when a heart becomes like this, then something can be sown. A valuable seed can be sown. It will take root. And that will be planted by someone who knows. That person, what we are both, what we are gathered here to do, both the students and the teacher, is to worship this knowledge. We do it in different roles. I see, sit two inches higher than you. That is my position. You're two inches lower. We're doing the same thing. We are worshiping this knowledge. We are offering our full respect to this. This is a different kind of knowledge. As I said, we're accustomed to acquiring knowledge to, to foster our mentally conceived purpose in life. We take it, put it in a file, use it when it's convenient. Just see, and I know this, and I know that. I have something to say. Hmm? You better, it would be better to be quiet in, in more cases than not. You can gain more by being quiet than by trying to speak. Hmm? How much do you know? What do you know? How do you act? Then we see how much you know. Hmm? It's not about how you are, well you can think, but how well you can be free from thinking. Hmm? Troublesome affair. Hmm? So, we should approach the guru with this in mind. Hmm? I want, I understand that there is a kind of knowledge that I cannot put on my mentally conceived agenda hmm, to further it. It is a different kind of knowledge, and I am on its agenda. Again, rather than what's to eat on the menu, hmm, I should be on the menu. I should be consumed. Hmm? There is an altar, and I will be the sacrificed on it. Hmm? Not I will just give things, which is an extension of myself. When you run out of things, hmm, and you realize they have no value, Hmm? even giving them on the altar they have little value you get more things for that stop giving me things what do you have left? yourself only to give small thing left over <laughs> your whole heart hmm? you have a whole heart when, uh, when Betsy announced I saw it on the Facebook I'm a commoner you know so I'm on the street <laughs> I go there uh, and, uh, and and I learned too. I learned there. She said, "Oh, tomorrow I'm getting initiated." 
Uh, I'm going to get a new name and so forth. And somebody said, just getting a new name, that's not the sum and substance of initiation. It's kind of a mean comment, I thought. It probably meant well, I don't know. But then the reply came, no, I, I know that, and I'm going to give uh, 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 my life in service to my guru. Hmm? This is what initiation means. And it means to the knowledge that, uh, that the guru is also worshipping, just from a different, you know, seat, that's all. Hmm? And then, then the same person said that, uh, how are you, you going to serve? Hmm? How are you going to serve? I just felt like answering, but I didn't. <laughs> what are you going to give them? Hmm? How are you going to serve? Hmm? I'll give my heart. That's, that's all. Hmm? He didn't write that. I didn't. This is the only thing that Krishna is lacking. He's the man who has everything. So some people reason, why should we give to God? He's got everything. Hmm? There are more important things to do. Hmm? No, God is the giver to everybody. He's taking care of everybody. If you try to take care, then it will be a problem. Hmm? Hmm? You give to God, but then what will you give? Because he has everything. There's one thing he's missing. What is that? Hmm? His heart has been stolen hmm? by the Brajbasis. This is Krishna. His heart is stolen completely. This is the idea of Krishna. Completely stolen. He sold out. He said, he said I, if you, however you approach me, I'll reciprocate. They took him up on that. And he, he was found to be lacking. Hmm? He could not reciprocate fully. So he said, I'll become your son. Okay, I'll become your friend. Hmm? And particularly... I'll become whatever you want me to be. Call me whatever you want. Hmm? And Gopi said so many names for him. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. <laughs> hmm. Very charming. If you look behind that, you see, in all of there, even the deprecation of Krishna and insulting him and so on and so forth and chastising, only is serving. All, all, all the high, behind all of that is complete selflessness. And service this is the whole of the whole of the brudge. It's all moving around this central leela, either a assisting role or a primary role. They're all you can't have one without the other. It's a unit. What is Brindavan? Hmm? This place hmm? is the brudge. It is it is moving as a pasture. You cannot stay in one place for too long. It's moving, following the cows, moving. Hmm? Don't catch any, collect any moss, something like that. Keep moving, and it means that it, all things possible, hmm? all things possible. And that's why we say, Krishna is too Bhagavan Swayam, because whatever is in the effect is in the cause. Hmm? In Vaikuntha, there's no motherhood. That cannot be the whole cause. Hmm? There's no friendship there. There's no parakya. There's plenty of it here. We're all a result of motherhood, right? When, and we are mothers and fathers. And how can there be motherhood in the in effect if there's nothing in the cause? We have to go to Krishna. There we find mother of God, the, the lover of God, the friend of God, all these things. It's so friendly. There's Bhagyam. Bhagyam means lucky. Hmm. Luck means sadhusanga. Hmm. But what is that word? 
lucky, bhagya. It means sadhusanga. It means that which comes in our life that is not under the influence of cause and effect of karma. It's not has to. It doesn't have to happen. Hmm? By someone not moving under rule, under law, under obligation, hmm? having taken. Now we are we are we owe. Daivim prakritim ashritaha. This kind of person, sadhu, guru should be like that. Hmm? Moving to give. Puranayaha guhyam. Karunayaha, Purana guhyam. When, Su- when, Su- when Sutta Gosami spoke hmm, in response to the sages' questions in Bhagavad, he began, of course, with the glorification of his guru, Sukadev. Hmm. He said, and what he, he, these secrets of this Purana, hmm, Purana guhyam, the secrets of the Purana, hmm, the Bhagavad, the history of God, hmm, the life of God, the day in the life of God. This he gave to out of Kurunayaha Purana Guyam. Not out of getting anything, out of compassion. Means had some fullness to give. Not to get anything. And he was naked. This is the, how the, the it shows up, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, it's a story, it's a story to make a point. Hmm? And it corresponds with the reality. Hmm? It's a full giving. Hmm? It was naked. He needed nothing. Why did he study the Bhagavatam? Hmm? To share its secrets. Because full of the qualities of Krishna and they are attractive. Even those who have, have left the world behind and are satisfied in the self, they become attracted to him hmm? and compelled to give. We don't find in Gyanmarg the kind of giving we find in Bhakti Marg. And Gyan Marga said, if they're hungry, they'll come. If someone is thirsty, they'll come to the well and drink. Hmm? And in bhakti, hmm? we are irrigating the world. Hmm? <laughs> this difference. Hmm? This is Leela. There's no Leela in Gyan Marg. There's no movement. End the movement of karma. Be still. In bhakti, it is full of movement. And the higher you go on the theological ladder, the more the movement is. Hmm? If you go up to Brahmalok, God is manifest there. He comes out, he wakes up, he eats, he goes back to sleep. Um, he wakes up to the sound of the Veda, he eats, he goes back to sleep. Hmm? Brahmalok is the upper rim, and then then to Brahman, resting, God is resting, he doesn't even eat there, just resting. Anyway, you go to Baikuntha, there's more movement. You go to Golok, and he can't, he's up at night, he cannot even sleep, Krishna. Hmm? Fully animated. Hmm? The walking is dancing. Hmm? The talking is singing there. What must be the singing? What must be the what must be the dancing? And Golokero Premodhan Kirtan. From that place, the wealth of that place, the dhan, the wealth of Prem of that place it comes through Sankirtan, Hari Hari Kirtan. Shrotam Apyupanashadam Dure Harikatamitam, Mahaprabhu said. Those sounds of the Upanishads, they tend to be a little um, abstract. They give light, but they could be interpreted in different ways. Hmm? Hmm? Properly understood through good Sangha, through a good teacher, hmm? Hmm? the Veda will be, the revelation will be understood. This is called theology. You know, you, you take the, and you reason about it. 
And that reasoning requires some taste, some ruchi to taste about, to, to reason about it, in such a way that you land on your feet and your reasoning gives to the continuation and an expanding and a blossoming and a flowering of the teaching. Hmm? Bringing out the more that's always there to be, to be experienced. Hmm? To do this effectively, one has to have some taste. Hmm? Not just by reasoning. Hmm? If you try to open it, expand it by reasoning alone, it will start to disappear. So, this is Shastra Yukti, based on this kind of reasoning, explaining the Veda, the Upanishad. What is the secret? What does it mean? What are the implications? Rupa Goswami says, mm, what? Mahaprabhu said, these sounds of the Upanishads, do they harikatamrita? They give light, but do they harikatamrita? That where you can arrive at by harikata, they are at a distance from that. At a distance, they are shedding light only. Hmm? Rupa Goswami said it another way. All the jewel-like sounds of the Upanishads that are luminous, tattvamasi, neti neti, ahambramasmi, tattvamasi, very abstract, Zen kind of sounds, and, you are that. Huh? What? You are that. And you just keep thinking about it and thinking about it. Then you stop thinking. Hmm. And if you're lucky, you realize the better translation is you are his. That's the better translation. For tat, his, tom, you. Hmm? That makes sense. Hmm. There's a significant other. Hmm. So there's a possibility for love. Proper explanation, he says... These sounds of the Upanishads, they're all shedding light, but all in one place. They're all illuminating one sound made of two syllables. What is the sound? Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. This sound, hmm? if you understand this sound from, and get it from the right source, that means the secret of the Upanishads. It comes from the heart of a realizer. Hmm? It rises up in the heart, from the heart, and begins to dance on the tongue. Hmm? It's not a selling of a mantra. It's not given to the unfaithful, hmm? because he's got money. Hmm? You give it to him, Prabhu Marta. I think if you give him initiation, he's got a really good job. Hmm? <laughs> Something like that. It's a crude way of saying it, but these subtle, you know, they are, we, we can't have this on this side. You get two inches higher, but to, but this is the price. <laughs> this is the comfort. I get the seat here, but uh, this is this is the price you have to pay. Hmm? You cannot want anything from anybody. Hmm? Only to give them. Only to help them. Hmm? And if I see someone can help them more, then go there. Run there. Hmm? I've got enough to do. Hmm? If I think can actually help you, then go there. Hmm? It's, it's not a, this is not a, we, we, this is not about, Bhaktisam Sarsi Thakur said, I didn't come to this world to be a carpenter. He said, I mean, I didn't come to this world just to build buildings, hmm, institutions, and so they have a purpose, they have a meaning, and they if it's served, then fine. If not, we could close them down. Hmm? It's not about helping people. And helping people means you have to know, you have to, have to read their, their heart. You have to know what's good for them, read their heart, and advise Appropriately, it's not about collecting people here. Hmm? Hmm. Someone told me that. Well, you see, it's told another person who told me it was a 
teacher. I go to different temples, and they invite me to different institutions, and then I speak, and then some people come and say they want to be my disciple. But I say, no, these people, uh, you're part of this group here, they helped you, you should take your initiation there. Hmm? Hmm? This is what they used to call Niskan, the zonal acharyas, as some of you may know. That's, that's what it is, actually. It's just a replay. And then he doesn't even realize it, because he, he says the zonal acharya system was really bad. What it means is that somebody is the property of somebody else, because they grew up here, and this person, I made you a devotee, therefore you belong to me, and I have a purpose, and I want you to use it. And purpose is, we've got a temple, and we've got to pay the bills, and, and, and you know, this is not a temple, then. Hmm? Hmm? I tell you, you know, I mean, I got good advisors like Dulal telling me, well, we don't have much money for that, Swami. <laughs> well, we'll get it, you know. <laughs> you got to dream. You got to think. You know, you got to have high ideals. Probably just say, Krishna's not a poor man. So, hmm? I'm, I'm already, you know, you could never give me enough money. I'm already, it's already spent. It's already been spent. And I still only got the same two inches seat here. So, this is, this is, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, we're in this together, you know. This is no, there's no, we're we're in a in a giving uh, relationship. This is about sacrifice, giving, loving, serving the center. Hmm? We have different roles to play. So again, teacher and student. And the teacher says, in bhakti tradition, and appropriately so, this one sound, Krishna, two syllables. All the sounds in the Vedas are pointing to this. Hmm? How to make sense out of all those sounds. It sounds like it's saying this, it sounds like it's saying that. You put the Christian in the center, it all comes together. It's all saying the same thing. Hmm? It's all making a concerted argument. Hmm? Take shelter here, here you can love. This is the end of knowledge. This is Rajabidya. Manmanabhava Madbhakto. Become his devotee. Devotee of quote, of who? Of Krishna Nam. Hmm? Of the name. The name is non different than the named. Hmm? But it's more generous. Hmm. We can't see the named, but the name comes to us, enters our ears, even without asking. Where does it come from again? Come from the heart of a devotee. Hmm. And it rises up, and dances on the tongue, and goes out, and it enters your ear, and steals its way into the heart. Hmm. Hmm. This, this is this. We are all involved in this. We, we, Krishna's a Hari, he's a thief in the night. Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. Bhakti comes from bhakti. Hmm? You say bhakti come from, you said bhakti come from associating with devotees. That's bhakti. You understand? To associate with devotees this is the most important principle in bhakti. Hmm? And it means you can have other friends and things and people you go to work for and parents who aren't devotees, but you don't embrace their ideas. We don't get intimate with them and think, yes, I'm with you on that. We're together on this. This is what we want to be. Hmm? You have to do that with someone else, with another devotee. This is, this is, and that's how it should be. We should get together for that ideal that we come here for. Because we come we, for the ideal and then we kind of forget about the ideal. You, know? you had that existential crisis. You wanted to know the answers to the questions of life. You got them and said, oh, great, well, I'm... I'll carry on with my life now. Now I know the answer. <laughs> uh, well, you have to put them in practice. And what will help us to do that is sadhu sangha. This is the fire by which we will gradually be cooked and made offerable. Hmm? So my hearing, and you've been patient to hear from me. I do appreciate that I've been a little long-winded today and you've sat 
patiently, but let us come to a, a conclusion here. We are giving the blessing for chanting Krishna Nam. Hmm? That this uh, this name in the form of the Hare Krishna mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Sri Chaitanya Dev has, has recommended and instructed us that we'll take the name in this way. Hmm? It's about uniting Radha and Krishna. This is our ideal, to bring them together. Hmm? And, um, and in the chanting, then we are right. This is the ideal of Shudanam, Pirnam. Hmm? We're not chanting for material things, uh, and we're not chanting to get away from things, to get things or to get away from things. Hmm? There's Nama Parad, there's Nama Bas. By Nama Parad, you can get things. And you can go to heaven and so many things. You can't go further than that. By Nam Abhas, a shadow of the name, you can get Mukti. Hmm? And by Shuddha Nam, you can get Prem. Hmm? This is our ideal. Hmm? We don't want to get off anywhere short of that. How will we overcome the Aparad? Hmm? Because Aparad because, means I chant the name, but I'm only making a sound. Like firing a blank gun. The sound is there, but there's no bullet. Hmm? This is Nam Aparad. You see, aparad means to go against the very principle. means to worship, to go against the very principle of bhakti. So this is you're not going anywhere. It looks like you're going somewhere, maybe, which is what material life's like. Looks like you're getting somewhere. You went to heaven, but you know you'll be back. <laughs> looks like you're getting somewhere. You just borrowed a hundred thousand dollars from the bank, but you didn't read the fine print. You know you you owe interest. You know many times over. You've gone into negative <coughs> numbers from zero. So, this material. So, by Nam Aparad, the best you can do is overcome Nam Aparad in due course. Hmm? Nam Aparad means just the external letters sound. How will we get that? We get over that by understanding the meaning. How will we understand the meaning? By associating with the Guru. What is the meaning of Krishna Nam? Krishna. That means Sambandagyan. What is the philosophical kind of canvas? on which the Krishna Nam dances in Leela. What is that? If you understand, if you get this, then you won't make aparad. You won't think the name is just Coca-Cola or Krishna Krishna, doesn't matter. Or <laughs> Kali Kali, you know, Durga Durga or whatever. You won't think like that. Hmm? If you study the Nam aparad, you see, oh, someone again, that will take me a long way in overcoming Nam aparad. Hmm? Bhakti Vinodha gave kind of a catch-all Eleventh offense, not to pay attention. So, there you go. Pay attention. And if you know the meaning, it would be easier to pay attention. Some sense of the meaning. What we call sambandagyan, this kind of knowledge. Hmm? Hmm. Namabhas generally means also, in, in a different way, without knowing the meaning, but without making any offense at the same time. There can be an, or extra, or an extraordinary uh, result from that. But Tauka Bhaktivinoda has also theologized in such a way as to come up with uh, kind of an extension of these ideas of Nam Aparad, Nam Abbas, and he speaks of Shraddha Nam Abbas. That means an, an Abbas, a shadow of the name, in the context of Shraddha. Shraddha means you have got some again, faith has been awakened, you want to go down the course, hmm? but your heart is not pure, you cannot chant the name purely, but you're chanting a shadow of it, hmm? and faithfully, and this shadow comes like the dawn. The dawn, the sun has not risen yet, but the night is gone. The night is gone. Hmm? In this kind of Shraddhanamabhas, there's some great encouragement. Hmm? 
the sun will come. It's just any minute now. I'm already feeling happy. Isn't it? When the sun comes, before the sun comes, you can see that you're already feeling up. It's, it's, and then you think it may be a sunny day on top of that. Hmm? The light. And come out of the darkness. Hmm? This is what happens right after Mongol Arctic. The sun comes up, you see. Hmm? There's the end. This is this is Nishi She She She. The end of the night, and Gore is waking up now. Hmm? It's breathtaking. This is Lila uh, Kirtan. So this is coming into our life through through Guru Parampara. Hmm? So we should understand. We want to chant Shuddhanam. Our ideal is Prem. Prem Prayojan is our goal. Hmm? Prem, not anything else. Don't get waylaid, sidetracked, and so forth. Hmm? And and you learn it here from me. You might have suffered. You listen. Listen to my talk. I give so much of myself in my talks. So you can find me there. Hmm? And it will help you. You listen to my voice. You listen to the sound. If you can't understand the word, you listen to the sound. That will help you. The time you'll understand, you'll start to speak the language. You'll see. Well, he's saying this again. He's saying it this way. He's saying it that way. This way. Same thing. And uh, start to become part of you. It's like learning a language. Suddenly you start. Oh, I understand what he said. <laughs> you get some encouragement. Hmm? Then you use what you get with your head to understand. Use that head to soften your heart. Hmm? Whatever understanding you get, you have to put, use that to put into practice to soften your heart. Otherwise, your head just becomes fat, and your heart stays hard, even harder. And I know this, and I know that, and I can spin your head, but I can't change your heart because mine is not changed. Hmm? So to change your heart hmm, this way, and then there are some things that uh, are should be uh, avoided hmm, that won't that won't help you. Whatever they are, avoid them. Don't do them. Hmm? Uh, Whatever would be favorable, you accept it. This is our moral compass. If it's favorable for bhakti, I will accept it. If it's not favorable for bhakti, I will reject it. You try to do this. This is sharanagati. There's a learning curve. Hmm? And you will learn, oh, I didn't do it, and boy, it sure is lousy. I feel lousy about that. So I feel remorseful, and the name will stay with you. Gradually you'll get strength, and other devotees will help you, their example. When you're feeling, when you're going off course, other will be on course. Stay in good company. They will drag you back hmm? Hmm? aggressively. Don't go there. They'll pull you by the sika or your dreads there. They'll pull you back. Hmm? Hmm? This kind of uh, affectionate uh, embrace we want. Hmm? But otherwise, my guru would recommend it, and it's recommended in the Bhagavatam that the hiding places, the, the, hi- the, the hangouts, uh, the uh, um, what? The haunts, that's the word I'm looking for, thank you. The haunts of Kali Yuga are in amassing money, gold. Hmm. So get it, spend it. I mean, you, you have to be intelligent if you're a householder, you have to have some some savings and so forth. And, and uh, But uh, but that's not going to get you any real estate in a land beyond death, so you can better to use it. Why? Well, to purify your your Involvement in the world, hmm, which is the result of the condition of your heart, it's not a that's not a demerit. 
Bhakti is very generous, so it can help you in any situation, but use that situation, turn it into a spiritual situation, purify your um, your earnings by using money to to print books, to serve Vaishnavas, to open temples and make a commitment like this. This, this is important for you. Hmm? And um, so, the haunts of Kali Yuga. Don't keep gold. This is when there was a gold standard. Hmm? Now you have something worth less and you should keep that out. Don't keep gold. Don't hoard gold. Don't. Uh, and everybody has different necessities, so you don't make judgments. Well, I'm giving this much, and that's what. And, and but they live. They're better than me, but they need more. They're 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 worse off than you. <laughs> they need more. Hmm? Yeah. I know there are different kinds of people, different type of psychology. We have to be very honest. This is very difficult, but to be honest, I need something. I need some horizontal like foundation to stand on to build house of bhakti I want to build. Hmm? So, okay, that's fair enough. But, yeah, but you have to be honest. I don't need to make it. If I'm constantly making the foundation bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, the building's got to start going up at some point. And you have to think, okay, I feel materially whole enough that I can give myself to my practice. Hmm? If I go over that limit, I won't be able to give myself to my practice either. I've I've now become addicted, and I'm I'm in I'm a, um, really dysfunctional hmm, spiritually. Just enough to feel whole, and 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 give just enough that you know you're giving because, like Mother Teresa said, if it doesn't hurt, then you haven't given. Hmm? You need to think like that. If it doesn't hurt, then you haven't given. Hmm? That way you will grow. Hmm? So don't hoard gold, money, and then don't, don't, uh, don't take intoxication. Don't do that. Not good for you. Hmm? Don't. Um, this won't help you. I mean, it's not like, you know, you'll turn into a pumpkin if you do. But it won't help you. <laughs> you got to be intelligent. Nothing can hurt bhakti. Bhakti is. But if you offend bhakti, that's not, we're not talking about offenses to bhakti now. We're talking about another thing. Hmm? Activities that are not favorable for bhakti that will, will foster will, will will foster a different environment that's not not conducive. Hmm? That's problematic. So, so you just be intelligent. This is not. I'm going to what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a you know pour water in a bucket and with holes in it. But does that make any sense? You have to make sense to yourself. It's a reasonable you know idea. Spiritual life. Hmm? So you don't do that, and then you. Um, you know, you have a, some kind of honest way of living. You don't try to beat the system. And, uh, uh, it's an old term because it was, it was uh, the king's thing to, to gamble at times and play the dice. You see what it got Yudhisthira Maharaj and the Pandavas. Got him in trouble. This is the lesson. So you don't do that. You have an honest way of living, a hard day's work, an honest day's work, according to your psychology. That will actually have a purifying effect on your heart. Hmm? In a small way, but a good way. You'll feel good. I did an honest day's work. I, I feel good. Hmm? So, that's you should do that. Uh, no, so, no intoxication, no gambling. You should be kind to others. The essence of Dharma is to Krishna Nam and to be kind to others. So, especially those who, who are in need hmm? or less... Uh, who, who, 
we are the caretakers of. So in this regard, we are ahimsa, if you will, is mandates vegetarian diet. You extend that idea also. Be kind to others. Show kindness to other beings. And uh, and then we're all here because of the uh, uh, sex desire. So it can't be that bad. Um, but it needs to be regulated. And everybody agrees. Nobody disagrees with this. Nobody. Hmm? On some level, everybody agrees. You can't just go jump on somebody in, you know, in the street. But... <laughs> Why not? That's what animals do, right? So we have a different thinking about that in human life. So everybody agrees somewhere on some level. It doesn't matter how bad you get on that, you know, how much you're preoccupied with that. Everybody agrees it's, it's got its limits. It should be drawn somewhere. Hmm? So we have a right to make a line also. And that in relation to our worldview and our ideal. Hmm? So line should be drawn. That, that if you, by sexual uh, desire, which includes desire for intimacy with a significant other and so forth, this should be uh, somehow uh, done in a way that, it, that the more meaning comes out of it than just the physical act itself. So procreation, for example, is, 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 an, is an example of that. Something far more meaningful comes out of it, uh, literally, and, and your whole life has changed as a result of that. But even, uh, even uh, there's, there's a very strong human need for, for intimacy uh, amongst most humans on, I mean, on a physical and psychological level, and this is a, is a, is a way of expressing that. It should be done in a, in a sacred kind of union with, uh, with one, and it should be celebrated. We're going to have a marriage, I've heard, isn't it? At uh, Saragrahi in a couple of weeks, you're all invited to come. Hmm? I'll tell something about marriage there. I'm a big fan of it. Um, depends what you know who I'm talking to, but um, but anyway, sacred sacred union is it means it means means you're not going here, there, and everywhere. So you've you know licensed it, so to speak, and and that will help you to to. Um, um, grow beyond it, it has uh, to, it, it's powerful, so if you can master that, something will, will good will come from it. Mm-hmm. So, these things you should follow, and then you should come up here, and I'll give you a few items that are part and parcel of this uh, initiation um, ritual. There's the pundra, there's the mantra, there's the tapa, there's the yagya, and there is the nam. I got them all five. Hmm? So we have all those things. Yeah, come, come, and right here. Turn this way. A little bit. Okay. Okay. You just move this way a little bit. Okay. Then I'm going to have you move this way later. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Like this. You take this spoon. One, two, three. Om. Om. Keshavaya. Keshavaya. Namaha. Namaha. Like this. Two, three. Om. 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 Madhavaya. Namaha. Three times again. Om Govindaya 
Like that. Now you have to do that. I'll help you, okay? First thing you take with your left hand a spoon. Go ahead. Take with the left hand. Hmm. That's right. That's right. Now pour three drops. One, two, three. Now repeat after me. Om. Keshavaya. Namaha. Sip. Now pour one more to cleanse your hand. Okay. Three drops again. One, two, three. Om. Madhavaya. Namaha. Clean one. Right. Throw it out. Three times again. One, two, three. Om Govindaya Namaha. Okay. So this is a little, you know, we enter the realm of ritual here. There's a special language and you know that uh, uh, symbolic and um, way of communicating with the absolute in a realm that's partially material and partially spiritual, where the temporal meets the eternal. So now you've performed the Anshman, and now we will give, this is called Tapa. Tapa means heat. It means austerity. It means knowledge light. Hmm? Um, Austerity is not very pleasant um, physically. And in other traditions, the way they do this is they take like the symbols of Vishnu and they brand them on on people at the time of initiation. But Mahaprabhu is very more generous. So we take the sandalwood or the the Gopi Chandan and then we we brand you like this. Krishna, it says. Krishna. Okay, we'll do you two at the same time. You two are together, right? You're in a relationship. (laughs) Now, the question about this relationship is, I asked you a question, that's the Mahaprabhu asked, who is the parent and who is the adult? Mm, I don't think I'm either. Mahaprabhu had two students, Mukunda and Raghunandana. Raghunandana was the father, and Mukunda was no Mukunda was the father and Raghunandan was the son. Mahaprabhu hmm? met them and said, Who is the father and who is the son? It was obvious from one perspective. But the son, there's a history to this, had shown himself to be a very extraordinary uh, devotee. So the father replied, Raghunandan is the father, and I am the son. So I think that your son brought you to to me, right? So you're the father, and you're the, you're the parent, and you're the, you're the child. I'm not doing dishes. <laughs> Fair enough. That's, that's still lies <laughs> And that means, too, in a relationship, who's ever more Krishna conscious than she's the leader, or he's the leader. It's not like... Uh, that's, how, that's our determination. So you follow the leader. Who's ever more Krishna conscious than you follow. One time a man came to Gorkishore Das Babaji Maharaj, a famous saint, and he, and, and he said, Babaji, I just got married and I wanted to let you know. And Babaji Maharaj said, and I've got a beautiful wife and you know, she'll, she's going to serve me nicely. And he said, oh, you've got a wife, how wonderful. That's wonderful. Now here's what you should do. 
you should treat her like a handmaiden of Radha, take care of her in every way, wait on her, and <laughs> so forth. So this male kind of ego kind of idea about the whole thing was totally dismantled by, by Babaji Maharaj to take it to a spiritual kind of perspective. We need that. Hmm? So now you have the, 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 the tapa. Now we need the pundra. Pundra means... Urdhva Pundra means it's this kind of tilak that goes up and down, not like this. And that's for Shiva. Well, this is the, the footprint of God, as they say in the Bible. Watch out for those people. Beware the footprint of God. So when you put that on, you say like the Om Keshavaya Namaha. And then there's 12 places actually to put this on. And someone need to show them. You sit down in the morning, you make the tilak, you put on, meditate, chant japa. This is, this is, I'm making now your sadaka deha. Means you are that body now. <laughs> Earlier you were not, and now you have a practitioner's body. Hmm? You have to use it only in Krishna bhakti to realize it fully. Hmm. Okay. And then mantra? Nam Pundra. What's this one called? No. That's one. Tapa. Tapa. Pundra. Mantra. Okay, Naman Mantra. Mantra generally refers to the Diksha Mantra, but that's a different mantra. But we are going to give, instead of Krishna Mantra, Krishna Nam today. Later you will get the Krishna Mantra. Hmm? So, uh, what we're going to do is bless you for the chanting. I'm going to say the mantra, Krishna Nam, in the Maha Mantra form. This is a Nam Mantra in your right ear. Hmm? And then I'm going to confide with you how much you will chant on your beads hmm? every day we'll make a deal and then you follow that and um, and then I'm going to give you a name Das so the, the, what's in a name is a whole identity it means a servant of Krishna and uh, and so uh, mantra and uh, Nam and Yagya Yagya means here Sankirtan so you become official member of the Sankirtan. This is the yagya, sacrifice. Okay? This is the, your neck beads, Kantimala. Let's identify you as a devotee. That's how it protects you. Because when you go out, people see that and they go, oh, all right, you're a devotee, aren't you? And you go, yeah, right, that's right, yes. And you have to act accordingly, right? So don't take those off. Keep those. Probably call them like uh, like a collar. Hmm. He said, "He said I'm a dog of my guru. I'm at his feet, <laughs> and this is my collar." That's how he thought of himself. Hmm. Okay. So now, how many rounds will you chant? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. That's good every day. 
And then you're going to live with me for some time, so I might, I might change that. <laughs> Sooner than later. Okay. But it was a good number. <laughs> They're all good. All good numbers. Okay. So come and uh, give, give me a ride here. Yeah, okay. that's <laughs> Okay, your name is Govindanam. 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 Okay, maybe you can want to help with this? Okay. It's a nice nam you've got there. Govinda nam. Mm. Everything can come from that. We talked about that the other night. Some meanings for Govinda nam. You should know them. Remember. You remember, right? Yes. Well, he's your son. How can you forget him? <laughs> <laughs> he's Govinda nam. Das. Okay, so come tell me how many you chant. How many rounds we chant every day? Okay. Okay. You get good support from everybody to help you with keep that. That's good. And so give me a right here then. Okay, your name is Bhaktilata. Bhaktilata. Lata means like a vine. Bhakti is like a vine. The implication is that it depends on another tree to grow. So you attach yourself to Guru and the Vaishnavas, hold on tight there, and you grow nicely like a bhakti vine. And you flower and share. With everybody. Bhakti is about sharing, so you share with it. your good self with everyone. Bhakti Lata. Bhakti Lata Dasi. Please, all the Vaishnavas, Vaishnavis, you please. Pray for them, give them your blessing, help them, and help me. Okay. Sisi Arakanai Lal ki jai. Sisi Muru Gaurangu ki jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanande. Vanchakalpataruvyas cha. Kripasindubhyeva cha. Patitanam bhavin vaishnavi guramona maha. Alam Dukuri vaishnavinda ki jai. Jai.